Welcome to Culture Eats Strategy. Eats Strategy. With your host, entrepreneur Jamie J. Jamie J. On this podcast, we unpack the most powerful, intangible culture. Culture. Culture is way more than a mission statement or words on a wall. It's how a company behaves. It's what informs every decision, action, and reaction. Culture is the invisible hand, the true north that guides every organization. And if you create a legendary culture, you will build a legendary company. A legendary company. Now, here he is, Jamie J. Welcome back to another episode of Culture Eats Strategy. One thing that I want to talk about today before we jump into speaking with John O. Bacon, and you can find more about him at J-O-N-O Bacon, one of my favorite foods, .com, JohnOBacon.com, where he is the author of People Powered, How Communities Can Supercharge Your Business, Brand, and Teams. We all know how important communities are, and if you don't, you're going to find out, and you're going to get excited about this today. Why? Um, because you should. Before we jump into the actual interview with John, though, I want to give you a quick little, uh, uh, I, I, I feel a little selfish saying this, but uh, doggone it, it's a dang good service. It's my company, Bottleneck Virtual Assistance. We love helping build your business. And if you can leverage your time, you can enjoy what you want to do. And instead of creating a job for yourself, you can create the business that you intentionally want to do and flourish and enjoy life. Uh, so you can go to bottleneck.online to learn a lot more about how you can hire a virtual assistant service and help, and we can help you stop the bottleneck in your business. That being said, I want to introduce you to Jono Bacon, and he's a leading community strategist, speaker, author, and podcaster. And he's the founder of Jono Bacon Consultant, which provides community strategy execution you're going to hear a lot of familiar terms, uh, workflow, and other services. Amazing. He previously served as director of community at GitHub, Canonical, XPRIZE, and Open Advantage. His clients include Hawaii, Hawaii, I can never pronounce that, and I know they have phones and all that stuff, but GitLab, Microsoft, Intel, Google, Sony Mobile, Deutsche Bank, Santander, I know how to pronounce that one because I did some work with them. HackerOne, Mattermost, SAP, Phenos Foundation, the Executive Center, Data.World, Creative Commons, and others. And he's the author of The Critical Claim, The Art of Community, a columnist for Forbes and OpenSource.com. He's the founder of the Community Leadership Summit and Open Collaboration Conferences and the co-founder of Bad Voltage. What a cool name. He is an advisor to Alien Vault, Molten, Data.World, Mycroft, Open Networking Foundation, and Open Cloud Consortium. I know that's a lot for you to understand, but the reason I wanted to say all of that is because Jono's freaking a rock star in more ways than just this. He's also, a, he's also involved heavily into a heavy metal band. He wrote some really cool songs for his girlfriend. Is it, is it now wife, Jono? Wife, yeah. It's now yeah. wife. It was a risky right? move writing a song when I was dating her, but yeah, it seemed to work. Hey, there you <laughs> go. Without any further ado, John, welcome. Welcome to Culture. Thank Research. you. Awesome to be with you. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. So. Oh, man, this is exciting. I'm super stoked to talk with you. I'm, I'm, I'm geeking out right now because I can't wait to hear what's, what you're going to say. And I wonder <laughs> if maybe you can kind of um, elaborate on a little bit of the background or, you know, what, what are you doing on a Culture Each Strategy show? Yeah, well, I've just been um, fascinated by <clears throat> communities since I discovered it really about 20 years ago. Um, I 
back then I, um, I was living at home with my parents and um, I discovered this, uh, this movement called the open source technology movement, where people basically work together to build technology on the internet. And uh, I bought a book about it. And uh, this was in 1998. And I was reading about all of these people all over the world who are digitally connected. And of course, back then, the internet was relatively nascent. And, uh, and they're building technology that runs on computers. And I thought, that mm-hmm. is fascinating. The technology was interesting to me. But it was like, what drives these people to work together? Like, what is taking them away from their families, from their interests, from their hobbies to build this? And it kind of ignited a fascination with how do we get um, people from all over the world or locally to kind of collaborate together and build interesting things in communities. And back then, I realized there really wasn't anything out there of how to do it. I was just kind of like bouncing around, experimenting. I set up some websites. I ran some local community groups. And it's just kind of turned into, it's, it's been like a, a mild curiosity has turned into kind of uh, a, a weird obsession. <laughs> and, you know, as we were talking about before we started recording, you know, to me, the, what's fascinating about this is culture is, great culture is so impactful. Um, and what I do in my work is trying to figure out how do you build a great community culture and how do you put together a strategy that can predictably build that culture? And it's, uh, it's, 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 it's challenging, but fascinating work. So it really is. It's super challenging. It's super important to get people that align with similar belief systems. Um, right. you, you spoke about activism and you, and, and you, you, you talk about these things and you can't be an activist really without right. a community uh, right. that has a similar belief system that, um, yep is is believing in the same goals the same you know where do we want to get to and yeah. that is indeed culture and and we were talking too i said before this without without culture how are you going to implement strategy yeah and so i'm i'm wondering what are some of the communities you've been a part of that have been most meaningful to you that you've seen kind of grow and uh, i'd i'd love to hear about some of the challenges and but also yeah. some of the some of the wins. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing the 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 overarching umbrella to me that makes all of this exciting, why anyone would even listen to this, is I'm firmly of the belief that when you have a group of people, what you've essentially got there is a group of minds, a group of availability, and a group of experience. Um, it's this network of brains that. Um, Yes, they can all be separated out. And one of the problems that businesses have is when people silo into different teams and they're not connected as much. And the reason why that's a problem is there's so much experience and insight living in people's minds that when you can connect them together with a shared sense of meaning and purpose, it's amazing the results that you can get. Now, the first time I really experienced this and really noticed it in, in, in a kind of a, in a moving way was when I used to work at a company called Canonical and we were building this platform called Ubuntu. And I actually write about this on the first page of People Powered. Um, I got an email one day from this kid called Abiyomi who um, was living in the middle of Africa um, uh, in like a rural village. Uh, he didn't really say a lot, like his English was, was good, but it was broken and I could tell he was quite young. And he basically said that he'd spend all week doing chores around his village to earn money. Uh, and then he'd walk two hours to his local town. And the amount of money that he raised would basically allow him to buy him about an hour's worth of internet access. And he'd get on the internet and he'd spend that hour basically contributing to Ubuntu. He would write documentation, he'd answer people's questions, he would translate Ubuntu into his local language. 
Um, and then when that clock ran out and there was no more access, he'd walk two hours back. And he told wow. me that when, it, when he was walking two hours back, he felt this real sense of I'm part of something, that's something bigger than I am. Like locally, he was a kid in a rural village in Africa. But when he was part of that community, he was a cog in a machine that could have a real transformative impact. Um, and I think part of the reason why this resonated with him is that, uh, you know, Ubuntu is an ancient African word, which basically means humanity towards others, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's that, we're, that we have a strength in numbers. And when he sent that email, it turned on two light bulbs in my mind. One was, um, it is phenomenal what people will do, the lengths that people will go to when they feel that sense of culture and that sense of shared purpose. But secondly, my job is to make sure that he gets the very best out of that hour. Like, I can't slack and let him get there and he doesn't feel like he can have an impact and he doesn't feel like he can have an enjoyable experience doing so. And that is what I've been really focused on. And there's thousands of these amazing uh, stories of people who have joined communities and they've had a, a real impact, particularly when, you know, you're, for example, if you're at the beginning of your career and, you know, you don't have any experience, no one's going to give you a job until you've got experience. So communities can provide an opportunity to, for you to cut your teeth and build experience and, and gain experience. And we've seen this across, you know, uh, the open source community. We've seen examples such as Salesforce, Harley Davidson, SAP. Mozilla. Look at Mozilla. Mozilla. I mean, yeah, Mozilla. Like people were built. People were creating crop circles to raise awareness of Firefox. Like community members put together a, a full page ad that ran in the New York Times. I mean, it's uh, it's 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 absolutely phenomenal. You get examples such as Jack and who was a kid who developed a, a, a cure or at least a, a measurement tool for pancreatic cancer and he, and he sourced a lot of his experience from uh, communities that he joined on the internet like there's a real strength and the, the critical thing in my mind is is that when you when you bought, when you when you when you've got that excitement when you've got that interest and you're with other people it's infectious it acts yeah. like an amplifier so that's that's kind of my goal is like how do we wire up the blueprint for to, to do that really well. Okay. So I love this. And I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go another way. That is probably, um, so the, there's two types of people. There's a really positive person and there's a negative person. Yeah. Eh, sometimes there's people in the middle, but for the most part, you're going to yeah. get positivity or negativity. Yeah, totally. Yeah. When you think of community, especially in the beginning, community development, com community creation, community yeah. growth, um, there's not a lot of money floating around. Yes. Yeah. And, and what we're talking about here is people in getting involved in communities and spending time yeah. doing something that they love doing, but they're not getting paid for it. And that's, right. I, 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 yes, some get paid, but I'm yeah. going to take it. As a general rule. Yeah. As yeah. a general rule. Yeah, for sure. Um, how do you motivate and, and motivate the creation, motivate the creativity for the people that are passionate about something, but I don't know how many people here in the U.S. are going to walk two hours to a coffee shop to log <laughs> in, do their one hour of stuff, and walk two hours back. Yeah, exactly. And it's a it's a great question, and um, so I have I think a pretty small brain, uh, peanut sized brain, and the way my brain works is I have to zoom out to see the big picture of something and then gradually zoom in to figure out how you, you build the detail, right? Um, oh, wow. in, in how you do something. And 
my philosophy is every individual tactic that you work on to build a community or a company or whatever it might be has to have a genealogy that ultimately translates back up to the value about why you're doing this. So the mm. first thing I talk about in People Powered is, is when you're thinking about a community, we need to fundamentally understand like what is the reason why your community members will spend time with you. Uh, and that varies depending on the kind of people you want to attract and the kind of community you're building. So for example, if you're building a community of um, decision makers and executives, right? They're probably not going to go and hang out in a forum, okay? They're no. going to be very interested in very personal events, mixers, high-value content and material, that kind of stuff. They're going to be motivated by things that bring value to their organization. But if you're building a community of developers, for example, they're going to be motivated by a different set of things. So I think we, first of all, have to figure out what that core motivation is realistically. But then the second thing is, I think we need to design an experience where you can very easily come into a community as a window shopper because all communities, people, first of all, they kind yeah. of browse, they browse first and they see what's going on here. Mm. Um, and then what happens is if they see a reason for them to play a role in this, they sign up and they participate. I'll give you an example. I'm a, as you mentioned earlier on, I'm a musician and I'm a big fan of a company called Fractal Audio Systems and they build these guitar devices guitar processors that basically simulate guitar amps. Um, so I went to their community as an owner of an AxeFX unit and was just browsing through some of the conversations and um, you know, seeing some really interesting things that I could learn about using it. Then I started posting a few of my own questions and um, people gave me answers. And as I did that, I felt like they'd helped me. So I now feel like I've got a reason to go and help some other people. So I'd answer some questions. Mm. And then people started saying, hey, Really appreciate it. People started liking my responses. And what it did is it started building this uh, relationship between myself and that entity that is a community. So the way in which we do that is we define the value and then we can identify ways to incentivize people to participate as actively as possible. And a big chunk of this is validating when people do the right thing. Because mm -hmm. joining a community and participating is completely unintuitive to most people, right? Yeah, right. So I'll give you an example. I was working with a client and uh, the first time they, uh, a community member would submit a security report into their company um, that got accepted, we'd detect that and then we'd send them a personal email from a member of the team just saying, hey, you know, we know this is your first report. We really appreciate it. Thanks for being a part of our community. It means a lot. That little... That little kudos, a tap on the back. Tiny little tap on the back, that intrinsic reward. It's not a mug or swag or whatever else. Meant the, means the world to people like that. And people would often tell me, like, it sounds silly, but like, that meant a lot to me. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people who join communities or join organizations, they have a sense of imposter syndrome. Like, they, they shouldn't be there. So when you get that validation, it builds your confidence. And then you start seeing the tonality of why the community is valuable. It's not just, I can get something out of this, but I like the people that are doing this. Yeah. Like, a good example is this. Like, you're not just doing a podcast. You're a nice dude. Like you're genuinely interested in what people are talking about. It would instantly make me want to come on here again. You know, so the tonality of how we do things and what we do, I think is critical. And that's culture. So. Oh, that's brilliant. This is, I, I oh man, you, what you, you preaching, man. <laughs> Preach. <away. laughs> the, the reason I, the reason I think this is so fantastic is because you look at somebody with a, a little tap on the back. It could be, I could pull up my phone here and show you a couple Right. Games that we have for wasting time. It, it, there's, there's, there's no money involved. There's no, right. you know, but 
but you might get a little blip. Congratulations, you just got the silver level. Or yeah, oh yeah, damn, totally. you know, congratulations, you just and they're just like, oh, cool. So gamification. Yes, that, that's that's the beauty, and you're 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 gamifying communities in essence with a little pat on the back through right. a, a nice email. I'm, I'm gamifying some of the people that I talk to. I'll send them out a thank you card, handwritten, by the way. I don't right. do those pre do, but I handwrite thank you cards, and it means the. I mean, that's a crazy. That's a good example seconds. because you know one thing that I uh, I talk about in People Powered is. There are, in my mind, there's kind of two ways in which you can incentivize people. And I call them stated and submarine um, incentives. So stated are where you basically have something that's stated. If you do this thing, you get this thing, right? So that could be a competition that people participate in. It could be if you, uh, a good example could be in the real world is, is, you know, if you get 10 stamps on your um on your Starbucks card, you get a free coffee. If you get a hundred thousand miles, you enter United Mallet, you know, one K. So they're very stated, right? Um, um, and they can, people will often kind of go after those things. We see this a lot in, in video games, your example of, you know, trophies in PlayStation network and stuff like that. But then the other type that I'm a big fan of is, and I do this a lot with my clients is what I call submarine incentives, where what you do is you define an action that you want somebody to do such as submitting their first contribution. So maybe it's their first contribution to an open source project, or maybe it's that they've um, uh, answered a set of questions in a support community. You detect that action, but then your response to it is very personal, right? So no one wants to get thanked by a computer, like you said earlier on. Like you want that handwritten note. Um, so what you do is you 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 basically wire into your community all of these little triggers. Someone steps on a on a trigger when they do something, it notifies you, and then you follow up with some kind of reward. So there was a client I was working with. When people entered into the upper echelon of their community, when they were like super active, one of the things that we did is we had a um, uh, an email address that went straight to their executive team, and we mm. said, you know what you do amazing work and we want to give you access. So like, if you need the team, they're there. They never use that email address, hardly ever. But the fact that they had a bat phone meant a lot to them. And, and it was even little things like we invite them to the office. Like when you get to a certain level, we love what you're doing. We'd love you to kind of come to the office and, you know, meet the team and grab a coffee and we'll give you some t-shirts and whatever else. The key thing is the personal response, but having all those detections means that you can scale up your community because the big thick problem with communities is as you get bigger, sometimes you lose that personal touch because you can't have one-on-one relationships with everybody. So you see this personality growth curve kind of going down. And that's why I think submarine incentives are an effective way where you can have that personal touch, uh, but you don't have to watch what everybody is doing all of the time. So That is huge. What you just said is huge. I think, um, and I love how you define the difference between submarine and stated. Right. Because uh, now you can assemble um, uh, a mechanism for each one of those. Right. One of the, one of the coolest things that, uh, I, I, let, me go, let me go back. One of the biggest challenges I have is mm. uh, when, when we grow our company, I, I see different friction points. Yeah, um, yeah. The, and the more and more we grow, you just nailed it. It's harder for us to be on a personal basis. Mm. I do consultations uh, yeah. in my business and I talk to people and answer their questions about hiring yeah. virtual assistants and doing all of that. 
And I always, I'm a big systems and processes freak. Um, right. <laughs> I, when I was reading your bio, I was like, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> so I really love um, doing something as if it's the last time I'm ever going to do it. Yeah. Well, yeah. By documenting, right? Right. And right. What, I, what I find is so many people that come to me, they haven't done this. Do you have a process? Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll send it over to me. Oh, well, I, you know, I don't have it written down, but I it's can. It's in my head. <laughs> right? right. That, that happens a lot. Yeah, for sure. I yeah. Say, if there's anything I could ever do to help you out, please schedule a time. I'll make myself available for a half an hour. No cost. Just let me know how I can help you. Yeah. Please, by all means. I don't think I've ever had one person take me up on that. Yeah, but you made the offer, right? I made you the cared. offer. People said, I will take you up on that. And you know what? I, no one has... Well, uh, check that. Jamie Skulldaddy, thank you. You took me up on that. You did. <laughs> Other than that, I don't know anybody else that's taken me up on that offer. But I think you're right. What you just said, it made them feel like, oh, well, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And I think an element of this is like being surprising. Like I can imagine a lot of people like, wow, I was not expecting him to make that offer. Like he's a busy guy. He's got a lot of things going on. It reminds me of like one of the people I respect the most in, um, in the tech world is a CEO called Martin Mikos. And he runs a company called HackerOne. And he's been a friend of mine for years and he's just a really thoughtful leader. And he organized like the top tier hackers in, in the HackerOne community kind of all came together for like a hackathon in, in Las Vegas in this suite. And these mm -hmm. people have, earned, have really earned their way. To, like these people are like some of the best security researchers in the world. And you'd anticipate that like the CEO of the company would be kind of like hanging out, drinking champagne, you know, schmoozing with other people. Martin was walking around asking if people wanted snacks. He was like, can I get you anything? Like, I want you to be focused on what you're doing. I'm here to serve you. And, and everybody was like, what? <laughs> and to me, that's the, the most incredible cultures are when you have those preconceived notions of what people are and they surprise you in a very positive way. I love that. It's, it's just so, it's killer. Like it's just, it means, you know, and it's hard because I think a lot of this stuff is not, like I say, it's, it's not intuitive to people. Like some yeah. people who, there are just some people in the world and they've got the best of intentions, but culture is difficult for them to grok and understand. So I think the more people have podcasts like this and they read books and they, they can see examples of it, the better it becomes. I couldn't agree more. If in this is just theory, I a thought because obviously I wasn't there. I didn't see what happened in the environment, but I would think that the people that left that suite in Las Vegas that were hacking away and working their arses off yeah. would go out and say, you would not believe how cool this guy yeah. and how awesome this is and talking about hacker one was it and hacker one yeah. yeah yeah i mean how many people are they telling about this Ex exactly and that's like the network effect right in the same yeah. way that community this, yeah exactly and it's it's and it's like the the lifeblood that that flows through those brains of those cultural norms and uh and and then like you say like what happens is it amplifies and this is one of the reasons why i think communities are so powerful is when you have a great experience, fundamentally in any human interaction, a lot of people, particularly people who are glass half full kind of people, will go on, like, will tell a lot of people about it. Like, my wife mm. is the categorical example of this. We went out to dinner at the weekend uh, and we had a, at this awesome restaurant. And I was like, that was fantastic. She loved it. She has told five or six people 
intentionally how amazing this was because she's just one of those people like she goes out so you impress her like there's going to be like a blast radius (laughs) of goodwill (laughs) and and i think once so when you when you design a a community that someone can enter into and they can have that great experience because it's wider Mm. with process leadership incentives uh diversity all the rest of it um, then you have this opportunity to grow so significantly, which for small businesses, for example, can be huge. It can potentially really disrupt the market that you get into. Hey, John, let me ask you a question. Um, yeah. On that same line, this is fantastic. Your wife, Erica, I believe. Erica, yeah. Yeah, she's fantastic. I've yeah. never met her, but uh, I think she's amazing. <laughs> so why are people so ready to brag about restaurants and organizations and and tell what a good experience they have but they're so reluctant to talk about john bacon is awesome <laughs> right do you know what i'm saying like, like the- I don't, it's it's really hard for us to recommend other entrepreneurs or other other people that that's kind of in a in dare i say online environment or family I, I have another uh, kind of a weekly uh, show that I do with a friend of mine every Wednesday morning called Three Day MBA, Masters of Business Academy. And at the end of every show, both David, myself, and our guest all say, hey, I just want to give a quick shout out to John O'Bacon right. and his new book. I think it's fantastic. I had an interview with him, which I'll probably do next Wednesday. All right. But, <laughs> but see, why don't people do that? It's weird because... I'm not sure I'd 100% agree. I, I think I, I, I think it's um, my theory here, and frankly, this is not backed up with any evidence, is that people are especially willing to share those uh, positive experiences when they're surprised. Like we've seen a lot of this with Amazon. Mm. Like the amount of people who've said, I called Amazon customer service and they were incredible. Um, because the, the expectation was it was going to suck and I was preparing myself for failure, but they actually helped and they actually succeeded. Like I actually had a good experience with Comcast, like about two months ago and the customer support person was fantastic. So I get the impression that with companies, there's kind of a preconceived notion that you're probably Mm going to be screwed around a little bit. Um, or, you know, you go to a restaurant and you're expecting it to be okay, but then it blows your socks off. Right. Um, um, and I get the impression with people, there's maybe less of a preconceived notion. Um, mm. and that's one of the reasons, but saying that, um, like I know a lot of people and I do this as well, where if people come up to me and say, Hey, I'm interested in doing this. I'm like, you have to talk to this person. Like this happened with me a couple of weeks ago where I went to, um, a recording studio called, uh, Verity, uh, productions in San Diego to record my audiobook for people powered. The guy who runs that studio, Corey and, and his wife, um, they did an amazing job. Like they're just super easy to work with, great experience, and we completely hit it off. And I've already referred him and his wife to a whole bunch of, of people. Uh, I'm blanking on his wife's name right now, which is awful. I can't remember. So I'm, I'm sorry, Corey's wife. Uh, <laughs> but she was phenomenal as well. Uh, and, uh, but then he was like, hey, you have to speak to this guy called Dana who's doing a lot of similar things in what you're doing in San Diego. So I had a call with Dana yesterday and then Dana was like, you have to speak to this guy who goes by Jay. Um, and he introduced me and this network kind of, kind of built. So I think it does happen. I think, it, but it, it tends to propagate a little bit more with like people. Like movies. You yeah. go to see that new movie. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think it's particularly like when people like surprised that it was so good. So, mm. um, well, I appreciate your insight on that because I think it's important. Because, uh, yeah, I guess maybe I was biased at that, but that was the main reason that we brought that up. You know, I yeah. wanted to like. And I think it depends if, on it. If, if they do a good job, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I think also I suspect also that when you see like individual contributors or small companies, so for example, we have someone who washes our windows. And we write anyone who mentions window washing, like we do it like, you know, once every six, seven months or whatever, he gets the business. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he gets the business every time because he was good. He's like a one person who does this job. Oh, I'm knocking my headphones out. And um, yeah, he always gets the business like because he's gave a, but you know, a, would I refer a big company? Eh, maybe less so. so. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, it's uh, so. Tell us how do people get in touch with you, learn more about you, um, pre yeah. uh, pre buy your pre purchase your book. Yeah, that kind of stuff. So, People Powered is going to be uh, released on the twelfth of November uh, uh, this the year. This recording. That's in about two. A couple of months. Yeah. A couple, couple of months. months. So, um, and what I, what I'd love people to do is to, if they think it's interesting is to go and pre-order it. So I put together this pre-order package, which basically all you have to do is if you just go and buy the book from whichever retailer you want to get it from, and then you go to the website and you type in the order number and what you get access to is like a six part video series over four hours of content with additional material. You get access to a knowledge base, which has got hundreds of articles that I've written and videos. It's got an additional book on there. You get early access to half the book. You're going to get free audiobook chapters that you get access to. There's over $2,000 of discounts for community services and like discourse, hello sign, the Linux foundation events and conferences. Um, and then I'm also doing like one-on-one -on -one consulting sweepstakes sessions and additional. Ones. Yeah. So, Basically, the idea is, you know what, if you are going to take the, you know, if you're going to basically go and pre-order something, which not everybody does, and you're willing, you think there could be a lot of value in this, I want to make it a no-brainer where you can go and get a lot of value as a, as a thank you for pre-ordering. So if you go to um, my, my website, johnobacon.com slash peoplepowered, or if you just go to johnobacon.com, there's a big uh, link to it on the front page, and you, you can find out more about it. So. I love it. Um, I would highly recommend and encourage you to read this, uh, to, to go to johnobacon.com. And that's J-O-N-O, -O yep. Bacon, B-A-C-O-N.com. So right. watch the video on the homepage <laughs> because it, it shows you everything that you get for being yep. a part of this. Plus it breaks down what's in the book. What's in the book, and, yeah. Uh, if you are thinking about, uh, in essence, like, just like John says, supercharging your business, uh, this is a this is an unbelievable book. Uh, I can't wait till it comes out. The other yeah. thing I recommend, and I'm count me in, John. Sign me up. <laughs> Go pre-register for this book, and then email John or contact him and say you want to be part of his launch team. Yeah, and that way, when his book comes out, you can share it with all of your peeps, so that I'd you love can that get the peeps for your own. Uh, communities involved in people powered and be an advocate for people powered if you believe in this thing. And I think that it's a good thing I have a pop filter on here for saying people powered and, people and all that stuff. <laughs> I never <laughs> thought about that when naming the book. <laughs> but it's a it, like, like let's create a community for this community based book. I think yeah, would I'd be love that. Amazing. That'd be awesome. And I I have a very open door policy when it comes to 
anyone who's interested in this, you know, you can email me, jono at jonobacon.com. And I always love to hear from people about what they want to do, what they're excited about, feedback about what we were talking about today. Would love to hear it. So, see how many people will actually email you. That's the question. Right? <laughs> <Right>. Exactly. <laughs> They're like, "Ooh, this is going to be great." They're driving down the, you know, maybe driving down the freeway right now, or heading over the Golden Gate Bridge, and then they get home. And they're like, "Ah, oh, shoot, what was that called?" <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. People powered. I love it. Uh, Jono, is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap? No, I think. Um... The only thing I would say is like, I really genuinely think that this is going to be the future of how we not just build businesses, but the future of how we, how we do things together, whether it is in building business, whether it's in getting people excited around your product, your service, it's how, whether it's building technology, whether it's activism, whether it's writing books together, there's so much potential in that network of minds. And, uh, I'd, I'd even if you don't buy the book, I just encourage you to to think about it and to explore it, and uh, I think you'll see some interesting potential there. So, well, uh, thank you so much, Jono. This is amazing, awesome. um, and I'm not joking. I want to be uh, on your launch team, so whatever Let's I do can it. do to support you, I'm signing you up. <laughs> I'm saying it right now while we're recording. So let everybody know. I I I ask to be on your launch team to help you out here. Um, But I will definitely buy uh, a copy of your book. Thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. Um, And if you can, just hold on a real quick second. I'll just wrap up. Uh, We've been talking today with Jono Bacon. Please go visit him at johnobacon.com. If you're driving right now, please don't don't be texting and driving or searching on your phone. <laughs> you get back. Don't worry. You can always go to culture.bottleneck.online or Google Culture Eat Strategy. We show up all over the place and uh, you can see all the show notes here. I'm going to put links to everything for you to make it super easy so you have everything in one place or heck, go right to johnobacon.com. That's J-O-N-O-B-A-C-O-N.com and uh, get on the pre-launch uh, phase there. Pre-order his book, help John Jono out. And again, uh, if you have any questions about virtual assistants, you can reach out anytime, bottleneck.online. It's a lot of stuff I know, but hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, Jono's amazing. Uh, thank you again, Jono. I, no, thank you. This is a lot of fun. I appreciate it. We'll, there's so we'll... many other things I want to talk to you about, but I know you have a life too, but I, yeah. I would love to hear about your well, music and all that. Oh, by the way, if I may say, uh, you are a freaking rock star, man. You, <laughs> man, you got it going on. You can go check out and see, and it's not just me, but when you go to John O'Bacon, you click on the menu, you scroll down to creative there, and you'll <laughs> see he's got albums. He's got all this music. You can see how he wrote these four beautiful songs uh, for Erica. <laughs> the ballads. Um, and the ballads. But, but then he gets into some cool heavy metal stuff, man. And, and metal, uh, yeah. it's, it's freaking amazing, dude. Good Thanks, job. Man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, well, you know, always happy to chat. I'd love to do it again in the future, you know, when the time's right. And we'll talk some more. Oh, man. Good I'm times. excited. Yeah, awesome. thank you so much. Uh, thanks for tuning in. This is yours truly, Jamie J, host of Culture Eat Strategy, hoping that uh, you hashtag lead with kindness. Uh, if there's ever anything we can do or with any of our guests, please reach out to me. I'm glad to put you in touch with them. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you again soon.